The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hey everyone, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 30 of Garthology. We are back for Part 5 of our discussion of Garth's album, Sevens. In our last episode, we covered the 10th, 11th, and 12th songs on the album. This was a long album, 14 songs. Abnormal. Yeah. Today, we'll finish the rest of the album with songs 13 and 14. Before we look at the songs, let's talk about the people who made this album. I've never been involved in making a record, obviously. However, I am certain that there are a ton of people working behind the scenes to create each and every song on an album. Part of the existence of our podcast is to put a name to those unsung folks involved in the making of the music we all love. So to show our appreciation, I would like to give a shout out to those people that are recognized in the liner notes of Sevens for their contributions. So quickly, Susan Ashton, backing vocals, Sam Baco, percussion, Bruce Boughton, pedal steel guitar, Garth Brooks, obviously, Sam Bush, Sean Camp, Mark Stevens for acoustic guitar, Mike Chapman for bass guitar, John Cohen, Bella Fleck, Pat Flynn, Kevin Grant, Rob Harus, Randy Hardison, Lona Hyde, Randy Howard, Carl Jackson, Chris Lusinger, who I love Chris. You know, he was on tour with Garth for the stadium tours, and he's awesome. Edgar Meyer, Jim Ed Norman, Al Perkins, Alan Reynolds, who is the producer of the album, but I also found out he did backing vocals on How You Ever Gonna Know. Wow. That's a little bit of trivia I loved. Milton Sledge, who I actually got to also see in one of the stadium shows. Catherine Styron. Steve Warner, who we talked about doing a long neck bottle with Garth. Bobby Wood. Miss Trisha Yearwood, of course. And the Nashville String Machine did the string section on In Another's Eyes and A Friend to Me. Thank you to all of the people involved for the creation of this amazing, amazing music, both those I mentioned and those I may have forgotten. We truly appreciate all of you. For sure. Yes, thank you for an amazing album. Yes, it is. So let's get back to it. We will go on with song number 13. Jess, what do you got for us? Song number 13 is Take the Keys to My Heart. Take the keys to my 
Take the Keys to My Heart was written by Benita Hill, Tommy Smith, and Pam Wolf. I have to say I was the least familiar with this song. I don't think I've ever skipped it because I usually just let the album play, but I must not pay close attention because I didn't really know the song either, and I had to listen to this one a couple of times. It's a man as car metaphor. The main part of the song says, take the keys to my heart and drive me crazy. It's about jumping in and taking the leap into a relationship. And as the song says, seeing how far it goes. The song to me feels like kind of sexy and suggestive. It's got lines like set these wheels on fire, make my motor yearn and love to feel that rubber burn. It kind of made me laugh a little bit. I didn't connect with this one as much. I don't feel like it has a lot of emotion. I like the music, but it doesn't grab me like two pina coladas or long neck bottle, which are like fast paced and fun. And they just grab my attention. I feel like this one is fast paced and fun, but it doesn't grab me in that way. And I'm not exactly sure why, but it was definitely not my favorite. Not in the top, you know, probably eight on album nine, <laughs> 10, <laughs> definitely down there. Top 13. Top 13. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Pete? What do you think about this one? I have to agree. Like, I don't know that I ever skipped it. And it seems like I knew the majority of the lyrics, but like when I really listened to it, it almost had that Papa Love Mama feel like in the background, the, the background, the instruments, the, like that vibe. There was like a little bit of that there. I could see that. But it never got to that pace. I did really enjoy Garth's vocals in this song. And it just seems like it may have been a lot of fun to sing and perform you know, when they were in the studio or whatever doing, because it, 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 there is like, it's like that song has that Papa Love Mama vibe. It never gets to that level, but it's like there, it, it's like, it's coming to a head, but it just never pops, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the lyrics. I, I love the lyrics. Honey, we don't need no map because where we are is where we're at. Like, that's bad. Like, I do like that. Yeah. Love those lyrics. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, a good song. You know, but like, like, yeah, it's just, I mean, I knew the lyrics and everything, but just one of those ones that kind of just comes and goes and I listen to it and then off, you know, it goes or whatever and not on the playlist or anything. But what about you, Anne Deb? You know, it's funny that this song came up now because I just recently used a snippet of Take the Keys to My Heart in our very first Hot Topic episode. So this was good timing for that. I actually... Uh, unlike Pete, I didn't know the lyrics. This was not a familiar song like Jess. I didn't really know this one. And so when I did the research for the hot topic, I kind of caught on to it then. And I was like, Hey, this is, why do I not know this song very well? So I, I researched it a little bit then listened to it a few times. It's not on my playlist, so it doesn't come up very often, but I do love the music on it. It starts out rocking at the beginning, which you know me, I love that. And that will always stand out for me when Garth does a more rocking song. I always go, I gravitate towards that part of the music. Um, And I think it's great with the drums and the fiddle, all of it. I like it all. The lyrics like Jess talked about, they are definitely, there's a lot of innuendos throughout the whole thing, which mm-hmm. I was like, I did because I didn't know the lyrics. I had to look them up and I was like, well, look, oh my God, look at that. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> the one that stood out for me was, honey, you got the touch that heats my motor up. 
I want to know what part of this song Benita Hill wrote because it does not yeah. feel like a Benita Hill song. Benita Hill. Yeah, freaking the sheets. <laughs> I mean, I mean, compared to other works, this feels like which one of these is not like the other? <laughs> yes, exactly. And I just, I kept coming back to, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this before and I don't know where I've heard it. I, I, I think maybe it was in an Ask Garth or something where Garth talked about it's Midnight Cinderella and said he will not sing that song live. I don't know why I know Which that I story. adore that song. I love I'm like, that sing it song, live. Right? <laughs> and, and I don't know where I've got this from. I'm going to have to ask around and see if any of the other fans know where this story has come from. But in my head, I believe there's a story about Garth will not sing that song live because it's very racy. Yeah. And I'm like, this song then. <laughs> I think it was in a um inside like, I don't know if it was Yeah, I don't know that I don't think it was an Ask Garth. I don't I think you just got on the topic for some reason. I don't remember, but I do think it was an inside studio G. Yeah. I do think that was a thing. And I think, well, if that's the case, he'll never sing this song for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I that was kind of the lyrics really caught me for that for how many innuendos are in there. I think Garth sounds great on it. I love when he does the lyric towards the end, baby makes my motor yearn line. He sounds great and gravelly there, which I've talked about a million times. Y'all know that I love when Garth is gravelly. I definitely think that Garth has better, more popular rocking songs. I think this is still a good one. I don't skip it when it comes on, but I do think he has better ones out there. So that's kind of how I feel about this one too. Okay, well, it's interesting that we all feel basically the same about that. Deb, I feel like, got a little bit maybe extra out of it because she just researched it for the hot topic. So Pete has the last song on the album. We're going to move on to him to wrap things up. Pete, what do you have for us with song number 14? I do get the final, and in my opinion, the best song off the Sevens album. Song number 14, Bella Wood. Others were strong in until one by one each man became a singer of a hymn. Then I thought that I was dreaming, for right there in my side stood the German soldier beneath the folly. Bella Wood was written by Joe Henry and Garth Brooks. The song belongs on everybody's playlist. We've talked about it in depth. And this wonderful song is just another song that I feel will find its way onto so many more episodes. It's a song that I believe if we wanted to, we literally can record an entire episode about. I started to see if I could find more info than what we talked about already. And I mean, we covered it so, so well, deservingly so to this song. Um, So I started down that rabbit hole of videos that people have posted and I listened to it over and over and over again. And I watched Garth perform it. And at times like there's tears. Garth, he did a Christmas special with Trisha Yearwood during COVID. And he said that he always did an abbreviated version because the song makes him cry. He could not remember the last time that he sung the whole song. So that night he did. And of course he cried. And in a part of it, you know, he said that he was going to get through it and he was able to finish the song. Another full recording of the song that I saw was on November 11th of 2016. 
he performed the song on uh, live on GMA in front of a bunch of active military. And of course, he cried. The song just has so much emotion. The story is where it's at. But my favorite lyrics, the answer seems so clear. Heaven's not beyond the clouds. It's just beyond the fear. No, heaven's not beyond the clouds. It's for us to find right here. I just love that song. I always will. It's a song that has a great story behind it. It's one of those story songs that has a beginning, a middle, and an end, but it's an end that I just wish wouldn't come. I mean, there are so many different ways that this song could go. Ultimately, is my favorite song on the Sevens album. It's a song that will forever stand the test of time, I think, in, in the Garth Brooks vault, and, and just one that I thoroughly enjoy. But uh, yeah, so, you know, like I said, we've, we've covered it um, in, in depth uh, before, so that's what I have here. What do you have, Aunt Deb? Yes, we did talk about this. We actually first talked about it in season two, episode four, which was our inspirational episode. And that one was released on Garth's birthday. So I highly recommend that you go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. It's a good episode. I love that episode. I think this song is beautiful. It's heartbreaking. The beautiful part being the idea that both sides in a war could stop their battle and come together to sing Silent Night. But for me, the heartbreaking verse, then the devil's clock struck midnight and the skies lit up again and the battlefield where heaven stood was blown to hell again. That last line there, it just makes me catch my breath like every single time. It's heartbreaking to me. I think the music is beautiful. And it very much reminds me of a Christmas song, like the music in this. My favorite musical part of the song is at the end after Garth stops singing. It's just a few seconds of perfect, beautiful music right there. Like Pete talked about, I think one of the best renditions was when Garth did it on the Garth and Trisha live a holiday concert event that aired December 20th of 2020, which was during the height of the pandemic. And I remember watching that and it was just something my heart needed that night was to watch that special. And when he did that song, my favorite part was when Trisha said, good luck, buddy. Good luck, buddy. I'm going to step on over here. (laughs) Because she was like, this one makes her cry. And she said she never cries. So he did start out a little shaky and he almost didn't make it, but he started over. He was able to get through it. If you didn't see that, or if you'd like to see it again, I believe it's still streaming on Paramount Plus. Don't quote me on that, but I think it is still there. I just love everything about this song. Jess, I know you like this song too. I do. I love, love, love this song, but like... Garth and you guys, it makes me very emotional. It's hard for me to listen to without crying. And definitely if I were to try and sing it, not professionally, because I am not that person. But if I tried to sing the whole thing like for somebody, I would be crying through the end of it too. There's no way I could get through this song. I love the line. I heard my buddy whisper, all is calm and all is bright when he hears the other soldier singing it and he finishes the lyrics. Like you can just picture them in the trenches listening to this voice ring out across the battlefield. And just, I always think of those guys and how young soldiers typically are and how scary that probably is and connecting in that way in that moment. I don't know anybody who could get through this song 
who has a heart and not be like an emotional wreck at the end of it. Cause it's just such a good story. Um, and then obviously the line that you said, the, uh, the battlefield where heaven stood was blown to hell again. It's just devastating, you know, that there's that moment of peace and then kind of inevitably it has to end. This is another one too, that I could listen to as an instrumental. No problem. The music in it is beautiful and it is, even though it's not happy and not a Christmas song per se in that way, it always will be a Christmas song to me. Like it's something that I do listen to at Christmas time, even though that seems really kind of sad. <laughs> I do eventually put it on at Christmas time and listen to it as part of my seasonal repertoire. I know, like you said, we we covered this more in depth in a previous episode, so there's not a whole lot to say about it now that we haven't covered before. But I just kudos to the songwriters, to a beautiful story, and the musicians who wrote this music. I'm always astounded by people who can write music. And like, I kind of get lyrics, that's poetry, that's words, that makes sense to me. But people who can just pull melody out of thin air blow my mind. Me too. Yeah. So people who can write things like this, I'm just blown away by. So like the idea that this music didn't exist, and then all of a sudden it just exists. Yeah, yeah, because it came out of somebody's brain. That's crazy to me. It is crazy. I think that a lot of people, while researching it, they do relate it back to a Christmas song. They they all do relate it back to a Christmas song. And if you do listen to the song and it does give you emotional, you could always go back to Garth on the on the special where um, then it was Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. (laughs) Is that what comes right back up? And then boom, everybody's happy and smiling again. So that's right. Yeah. But that is the, the recap on, on Bella Wood. And like I said, it is a song that we could do an entire episode on. Yes. Okay, everyone, that's it for this episode. And for this entire album, we've now finished every song on Garth's seventh studio album sevens. Thanks for listening. And be sure and let us know what your favorite song is on this great album. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by today and check out our past episodes and bonus content. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. If you get the chance and you're on Apple, hit that five-star review button and write up a little note about why everyone should listen to us. And be sure and share us with everyone you know. That way you can help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. And speaking of friends in low places, we are on social media. If you are on Facebook, we are at www.facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And if you are on Instagram and Twitter, we are at GarthologyCast. We do appreciate the shares, the likes, the tweets, the retweets, and of course, all the direct messages and interaction. We just love, love, love the support, and we appreciate each and every one of you guys. Okay, guys, we're going to take a short break for the week of Thanksgiving, but Garthology will return with Season 3, Episode 31, on December 7th. Until then, this has been Season 3, Episode 30 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess, and we'll see you guys next time. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. You guys have a great happy Thanksgiving and a wonderful holiday. Bye. Bye, everybody. Didn't I already say bye? No. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) You did now. That was awesome. (laughs) 
He's getting tired. Aww. Me too, bud. <laughs> Jess, you got to wrap him past. Wrap it up. Yeah, yeah sorry. I, I forgot it was my turn to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally turned the page as soon as I said that. <laughs> You're like, I don't know whose song this was. <laughs> wrap it up already. Um. Oh, we're so close. Oh, Bo, we're so close. <laughs> He's like, I know, but it's like going on. Look at him. You can see him in the yeah. video. <laughs> <laughs> he got out of it right as she got to him. 